This is episode number 77 with Carl Pauli. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in today. Super pumped. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles, and uh, I'm very excited because this is the most fun part of my day, which is putting out a new episode and connecting with someone who's inspiring in the world, who's changing the world, who's making it a better place. And uh, I'm excited to introduce you to this person. His name is Carl Pauli, and he's actually been on the show before. He's one of a few people who've been on the show twice now. Uh, I think Tim Ferriss is one, and uh, we've got another, Chris Lee was one, and I think now Carl might be the uh, the only other person who's been on twice. So very excited about this. Uh, last time we had him on was a year ago. You can go check out that. I'll have this in the show notes where you can see that episode. But this one is all about uh, maximizing sport and life performance with four basic movements and really how to become a master of flow with your body and a master of maximizing your body throughout your daily life and your lifestyle. Because once we stop moving, we start dying. So it's really important for us to understand how to move, why it's important, and uh, what to do about it. So I'm very excited about bringing you Carl back on the show. And I'll be introducing you uh, to all more about him here in just a second. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one and only Carl Pauli. Let's go ahead and dive in right now. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Your spring is about to get a lot more powerful with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power for mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blower power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. Get the cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 plus system only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a 
busy day, and we just stocked our office fridge with International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, and it never misses. The team's favorite flavor so far is the Caramel Macchiato. You just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee, and voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee, no frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. The best part? It works on both hot and iced coffee. It comes in three foaming, delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Welcome back, everyone, again to the School of Greatness podcast. I've got my man, Carl Powley, in the house. What's up, Carl? What's up, dude? Good to, good to be back on the show and, uh, and <laughs> no. talk to you again. It's crazy. It's been a year already. It's been a year. I literally just looked uh, just before this interview, and it was like July 30, 30th or 31st or something uh, when we did the first episode, episode number, what number is this, 26 and now we're in the 70s, so it's wow. good to have you. You're one of three people, I believe, who's been on the show twice now. So Woo. this is a monumental mark, my man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. a, I know we had a great time last time, so yeah, I'm It was a blast, man. You had me like doing crazy stuff with my back and you know checking out how my body moves, and I want to get into more of that because I've had some um, – minor setbacks with a few different, I wouldn't say injuries, but I would say opportunities for growth in my body that held me back for a month here and there uh, with some little tweaks. So I want to get into all the stuff about what you're an expert in, which is uh, what we're going to be covering, which is about your book, which is called Freestyle. And it's all about how to maximize sport and life performance with four basic movements. So I'm, I'm pumped, man, because I believe that we're built to move constantly and you can either back me up or debunk this theory I have, but I, I believe we're built to move constantly and the desk and the chair and the couch is like our biggest enemies. And am I right or am I wrong? I, I agree, man. And I say this all the time. I'm like, if you uh, aren't moving, you're probably sleeping in a coma or dead, you know, right. uh, it's one of those things that we're, we're constantly moving and constantly on the go, and it doesn't matter if you're sleeping. You're, you know, some part of your body is breathing. So if uh, if movement is life, like uh, my friend Lindsay Matthews with BirthFit would say, well, then we need to we need to keep moving. Mm, exactly, exactly. And is there too much movement? Is there such a thing as moving too much? Do our, do our bodies need a break ever? Uh, obviously, I understand the importance of sleep for recovery, but how much movement is too much? Yeah, I think, you know, as an athlete, you, you play uh, several sports and handball specifically. You know, when you overtrain a little bit, uh, there's always a little bit of a setback. Your body says, hey, yo, you can't go that far. Here's a, here's a little wall. I need to push you back a little bit. And usually it's, uh, yeah, we can, we can, you know, move too much and affect the physiology of our body. But it's usually dependent on how well we operate in terms of mechanics, meaning how well we move, how efficiently we move. And, uh, you know, I think our conversation here is that we have to be in constant movement for life. And 
we need to be in constant movement for performance. And for you as an athlete, if uh, you stop moving, well, then uh, it, you're, you're lost. And we need to find ways of optimizing that movement so you can carry the physiology and make sure that the physiology actually adapts with you so you can continue to move. So it always comes back to movement and it's, uh, it's uh, just learning how the body operates and how to cycle that uh, the right, right way. Right. So for those that don't know Carl yet or you didn't hear the first episode, um, give us a little bit of background about you. You know, you were in the gymnastics world for a long time, so you're, you're able to do things with your body that I can't even fathom doing. <laughs> uh, like going upside down, you know, hanging on a bar is like makes me dizzy and nauseous and you can do like crazy flips all the time. And you're, if, he, if you're not following his Instagram account, make sure to follow his Instagram account because it's lots of cool videos of him doing like B-boy and backflips and stuff like that. So, um, but you were, gymnast, you were in gymnastics and then yep. what happened? You've, you've transitioned from that into being a specialized strength and conditioning coach and CrossFit and specifically gymnastics, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, gymnastics was, of course, the root where I grew up uh, in the gym. And uh, artistic gymnastics was the sport that I, I, I trained and I practiced. And that was something that I was very obsessed with, of course, until uh, it was time to retire. And, of course, I didn't want to retire until I made the Olympics. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I'm still there, man. <laughs> I, know, I know. Well, you're you're on that path, which is is really inspiring. But um, yeah, I, I I tell people this story all the time. You know, as a kid, I was so obsessed with gymnastics that I would go to bed early just to close my eyes and think about gymnastics. When <sighs> I, you know, sat in in the back seat of my parents' car as a kid, I remember looking out the window and imagining myself doing flips down the street and tumbling and. Uh, you know, I have those those vivid memories. But by the time I was 18, I had had several little injuries. And uh, if you if you see me standing next to a gymnast, I don't really look like the average gymnast. I'm I'm almost I almost look like a basketball player compared to them. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, just, I just didn't fit the mold, man. And I <laughs> I couldn't hang. So um, I kind of dropped out of out of gymnastics when I was 19. I still was in the gym, of course, uh, but I found this passion for wakeboarding during the summer. I I grew up in Spain in a beautiful city uh, by by the water uh, called Alicante, and I was fortunate enough to have access to a little boat, and I would go out and wakeboard with my friends. And I realized that the gymnastics that I learned had carried over to that, and during the winter. We would go up to the mountains, and I, I learned how to snowboard. And uh, once again, I, I continued to realize that my gymnastics background had carried over. And, you know, long story short, I ended up moving to the U.S., and uh, I started coaching gymnastics to these little boys. They were six-year-olds at a, at a gym called Acro Sports here in San Francisco. And... Um, it's when I got into the gym, actually, that I started realizing that I knew something about gymnastics, that I could uh, deliver a message that these kids could kind of take with them and, and you know, improve on and, and apply to what they cared about, which I thought was gymnastics, but uh, I was actually very wrong about that. Right. Uh, these kids didn't really care about gymnastics. They just cared about moving and feeling good while moving. And... Uh, they wanted playtime, and they wanted to, you know, feel things that uh, made their bodies 
do things that they hadn't done before. And, and uh, this took me a while to figure out. But one day uh, when I walked in, instead of teaching them gymnastics, I, I actually asked them what they really wanted to learn. And they, you know, at first, of course, were like, oh, yeah, we want to learn all the different events and do proper handstands and all these things. And one of the kids actually said, you know what? coach, I just want to run up this wall and do a backflip. Mm. And I was like, damn, that's, that's cool. I I like that. And then, you know, there was this other kid, he had a tree house and he's just like, Hey coach, I just want to, you know, jump out of this tree house and survive. Right. And I was like, that is awesome. So (laughs) I started hearing all these things and I started realizing that they didn't really care about gymnastics. They, they cared about other things. And what I knew was gymnastics. And what I decided to do was I decided to use gymnastics as an excuse to teach them mm. those movements. Right. And I think that's, you know, the time, this was in 2004, that I really began to coach and to train people. And I carry that over into the fitness world. And, uh, of course, I found CrossFit through Olympic weightlifting and kettlebells. And uh, eventually I realized that it didn't matter what discipline you were in. It was really all about understanding how the body functioned for those different disciplines and styles of movement. Mm -hmm. And it was really about decoding how the body moves so you can train it, break it down, rebuild it again, and then apply it into your performance. And that's who I am as a coach. I, I would I would say I'm uh, not a gymnastics coach, but definitely, uh, uh, I guess a movement coach. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> You're like a human movement coach. Something like that. Sounds kind of geeky though. Yeah. No, I like it. And here's the interesting thing is, you know, gymnastics was so boring growing up. Like no kid, at least where I was from, did gymnastics. It was like the most minor sport that you could do. Is it even considered a sport even? It's like kind of like, who knows, Right. That's what I grew up thinking. But now I almost wish that my parents sent me to it and that was mandatory, at least for one year as like a seven-year-old, to be able to do basic, learn basic movements when my body was flexible enough to do a somersault and to do a handstand and just like jump around in a trampoline and flip, flip into mats just to kind of get used to body awareness because... Although I feel like it's pretty good now. I mean, obviously, I've done a lot of sports, but I feel like there's so many people that don't have great body awareness and don't know how to move properly. It's probably because they never were um, you know, given that opportunity as a kid except for rolling around on the ground. And yep. uh, I don't know why it's not more, you know, why it's not mandatory for at least one year of kids growing up. I think it'd be a great thing for everyone. Uh, just for like the health, overall health of the world, is yeah. my opinion. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's it's too bad that it's uh, it feels so uh, unattainable somehow. Like mm. I think people see gymnastics and it's uh, the gymnastics that they see. They see it in the Olympics and they're like, "Well, that's impossible. I right. can't, you know, jump up on a set of rings and do an Iron Cross." You know, that's right. that's crazy. But um, if you think about, you know, gymnastics as just your ability to move your body through space in ways that you want to move them, uh, now we're starting to talk about something that we're all aware of. And, you know, I talk about this every day. I'm like, you know, what if, uh, you know, you broke your arm today and tomorrow you 
went to get out of bed, things would all of a sudden feel a little bit different and you would would like to be able to get out of bed comfortably. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to cover those basic needs that the human being actually has, which is being able to move under any kind of circumstances to be able to accomplish uh, a very basic task like getting out of bed uh, or picking up your kids or playing with your kids, like playing tag with your kids. I think that is the essence of gymnastics and that's what people don't understand. And, uh, you know, you very well said it. I, I wish now that I could do a handstand and tumble and do some things and I wish it had been mandatory back then. But because adults uh, right now, our, our generation just doesn't understand how to make that accessible, it doesn't exist. And mm. the goal is to to make that possible because it is very basic yeah and it's almost like you know with crossfit at least crossfitters gymnastics is coming back like everyone's now wants to learn about how to master gymnastics for their crossfit game or whatever and uh that's why you've been such a powerful force in the crossfit world with gymnasticswad.com by educating people on very basic things that they can do to apply just with the positioning of their hands, their arms, like their shoulders. And it's making a huge impact in how people are, are staying healthier, how they're able to lift more, you know, shave time on their, uh, on their, um, you know, their wads, things like that. So it's been, you've been a powerful force in that community, which has been awesome to see. And now you've got this book, which uh-huh. is really for, you know, the world, not just CrossFitters, but for average people like myself who just want to like learn how to maximize their body and their movements. Mm-hmm. And what was really you know, your inspiration for writing the book? Because this thing is beautiful looking. It's like it's one of the most detailed books I've ever seen. It's like beautiful. It's large. It's heavy. Lots of content in here, so many images. It's like ridiculous how much time you spent into this. You know, I looked at Tim Ferriss's uh, Four Hour Chef book. I almost put this in comparison to how like much detail that book is. This is like almost the exact same amount of detail. I'm like, wow, blown away. That's amazing. So, why were you inspired to one write this book and make it look the way that it is? You know, I I joke about this, but I I I was kind of tricked into writing it. (laughs) Right. Uh, I was actually hanging out with Kelly Starrett, who uh, is, of course, physical therapist and author of uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard. And uh, we were shooting a couple pictures for his book, actually. And he was there with his uh, co-author, Glenn Cordoza. And Kelly said, uh, you should sign this kid. Uh, And uh, he looked at me and I was like, me? I'm not not ready yet for a book. And Kelly's like, you are ready. You you need to do this. You're a superstar. (laughs) And of course, uh, I believed it. I was like, all right, sign me on. I'm, I'm ready to go. And uh, of course, uh, they wanted me to write a gymnastics book. And, you know, when I first started Gymnastics Wad in, in 10, 000, 10, uh, 2010, uh, my intention was never to teach artistic gymnastics. My, my intention was to show the CrossFit community, which is uh, a, a, a community of fitness that I'm very attracted to because they bring all these aspects that I was uh, really studying as as a young coach and trying to figure out how they would actually fit in within uh, a strength and conditioning program for a professional athlete or a snowboarder or for someone that did trampoline as accessory work for snowboarding. Uh, I realized that within the 
modality of CrossFit, there were certain aspects of gymnastics that were missing in terms of the specific techniques of gymnastics. And uh, I said, you know what, well, let me offer that to the CrossFit community. I think uh, CrossFit Gymnastics is already doing it, but I'm going to offer it from a little bit of a different perspective. And my perspective was, let me translate why a gymnast cares about these body positions and performing the movement with this technique so it can actually transfer over into whatever your specific purpose and need is as a, uh, as a performer. And all I did was, in Gymnastics Wad, was teach movements, show very basic progressions, and then I became a translator by using movement. I would say, hey, here's the gymnastics movement. If you perform it this way and you train it this way, it would directly relate to the movement that you're trying to accomplish, maybe in lifting, or if you're a runner trying to run faster and longer, or if you know, you're a snowboarder and you're trying to do bigger tricks and jump and land. Mm-hmm. And when I got first signed by, by the publishing house called Victory Belt, I was told, you know, do a gymnastics book, show us some feats of strength, show us these cool tricks that you do. <laughs> right. And when I started writing that, I was just kind of blah, you know, just disappointed. I didn't like it. And I told them, hey, I, I, I'm not feeling this. I, I, I don't know really how to, how to write about this. I don't, I don't necessarily feel like this is my calling. And they said, well, write about anything. Write about CrossFit or weightlifting or just strength and conditioning. So I tried to write about that, um, but it, it, it just wasn't coming together. And then I realized that, you know, I've been teaching this seminar called Freestyle Connection for uh, several years. And I was, I was talking to my, my, uh, my co-author, Anthony Sherbondi, and he said, why don't we just write a manual for the seminar? And in fact, screw the book. Let's just write an ebook, super small manual. And that day, I was on fire. And within three hours, I just wrote the whole outline, got it all done. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. And that's when I realized that the inspiration was to create a book that could be used as a translator and a dictionary that you can come to and say, oh, this is who I am as a human being and who we all are as human beings. Here are the principles for those movements. And this is how I can train them in different styles and disciplines. And this is how I can take that training and actually apply it to my purpose for training. So this book is really a manual uh, to help you translate uh, why you move the way you move and how you can further train and develop that movement to further enhance your performance. So it's, it's really a, a translator and a gotcha. tool to help you see across all these disciplines through human movement. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of people who are listening who aren't athletes that maybe they work out from time to time, but they're not, you know, hardcore athletes like myself or do CrossFit. Some of them do, but not everyone. Sure. So, you talk about in the book freestyle, which is free plus style, not one word. Uh, you talk about it's covering four basic movements. 
You know what feels good? Winning. And not just in sports. Like when your coffee's still warm once you reach your job site. Or when you finish a project days before the deadline and coming in under budget. That's claiming victory. You can even claim victory on your taxes by losing your current tax preparer and switching to H&R Block. And once you do, you'll start to feel like a tax champion. Because at Block, you'll have many ways to get your taxes done. You can walk in, make an appointment, or drop off your documents at a time that's convenient for you. You'll get 100% accuracy on your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their upfront transparent pricing, you'll know the price of your tax prep before you even get started. So make room on that trophy shelf and prepare to tax like a champion this tax season at H&R Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. Disclaimer, all tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give Give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. And my, my question is, you've got all these different like symbols on the cover of your book. And one, what do those symbols mean, uh, and do they pertain to the four basic movements? So these symbols are supposed to represent basic body shapes. Uh, you get straight lines, like when we're standing, that's a very basic body shapes. You got uh, 90 degree angles, which is almost like sitting in a chair or bending over to pick up the groceries. And then you got these kind of semi-circular uh, shapes, which are basic body positions that we get into. We, we flex into uh, a little ball or we extend into different positions depending on what we're doing. Like if we're throwing or swinging, uh, we get into these positions. And uh, here on the cover, they're kind of represented separate. But as you go through the book, you realize that we live in the crossover of all those shapes. Mm -hmm. um, and for people that, you know, 
are not the athletes. Uh, they must realize that, just like you said, we, we are designed for movement. And athletics is simply uh, uh, a high-level expression of how we move. It's, it's an exaggeration of reality. It's an exaggeration of playing. And I think that motivation of playing something because it's fun and because it feels good is what I'm also trying to inspire people to do. And uh, I think a lot of us take take who we are as physical beings sometimes for granted. And um, we just kind of go through through our life thinking, oh, yeah, this is normal. But I think you should ask yourself, is it really normal? And if it's not normal, what else is there? Mm-hmm. You know, can can I go a little further? Uh, what can my body really do? Can I be pain free? Can I, you know, perform something with my body that I didn't know I could? And how do I get there is what I'm trying to solve as well. So I'm trying to encourage people to develop their lifestyle, but understand that if you just study a little bit how your body moves simply by listening to it and by paying attention to it, you will learn some things about yourself that will get you a little further uh, and closer to being something and someone you kind of just dream of. Right. So so for those looking to, you know, take their performance in life to the next level, whether that's their energy levels, whether that's their business, their career, the relationships, just having more energy throughout the day, staying, being clearer, being more focused, and really just optimize their human performance, mm-hmm. their life performance. What are some things that they should be doing or should be focusing on? Um, let's just say they're you know an average weight individual, not overweight, not really fit, but what's something they can do to start optimizing their life through these movements and through what you talk about in the book? Yeah, I think the first thing is just becoming aware of who you are as a physical being. And I mean, this is something you can do in the morning. And I I try to do it as often as possible. And, you know, just to share a little bit of a personal story, I uh, with all the work that I've been doing and all the traveling, I, I suffered from a little bit of anxiety and I was very stressed and nervous and I just wasn't eating well, wasn't sleeping well, constantly at hotels. I would suffer from some anxiety and I would just start going down this spiral and uh, uh, what I realized is that one very basic thing to do and this is something everyone tells you oh just stop and take a breath Um, what they're really saying is just stop for a second and feel your body and one of the things that I do in the morning is right as I wake up as I realize that I'm waking up before I even open my eyes I become aware of who I am and then before I even open my eyes I think about oh yeah I'm lying here in bed Mm -hmm. this is where I am I feel the sheets I feel the bed I'm warm or cold or I have to go to the bathroom or whatever it is (laughs) and and it's as simple as that just that brings you to that present moment and then I proceed to open my eyes and just that right there uh, will change everything because immediately you feel like you're in control. Um, so 
that's something that you can do even through the day. Let's say you're at work and you're just sitting there by your desk or hopefully standing now because you have a standing desk. Yeah. Uh, and just becoming aware where you're standing, what's the ground below you? How do you feel the ground on your feet? Are you standing with your legs straight? Are they kind of bent? Are you posting on one leg or the other? Are your hands in your pockets? Are you crossing your arms? What's your posture look like? Small things like that now create a presence and that's number one. So creating complete, complete awareness about your body, the way it feels and the surroundings of your body. Yeah, and I think that's just kind of scratching the surface, but it's the beginning of becoming present and in the moment, like a lot of people say that you should be. Right, okay. Which is the hardest thing to, of course, to, to master. And then once you have that, you need to create a lifestyle that revolves around physical movement. And this is the hard part because it's hard to move. And, you know, I, I set this example all the time. I fly a lot. If I sit down on a plane and I travel from San Francisco to New York, as I'm sitting there, I start feeling a little uncomfortable and I start bending over and hunching over and then my neck goes and then my shoulder rolls in. And by the time I get off the plane, I'm feeling wrecked. But if I get on the plane and I make a little bit of an effort to actually sit a little bit taller, focus on how I'm, how I'm sitting and reading or typing on the computer, when I come out on the other side, I immediately feel better. So it's now bringing that presence into something that's physically expressed. Mm -hmm. And that is how you are projecting your body in space. And then you can take it a little further. And that's where you need to find a discipline or a physical activity that you enjoy doing with others. And that can be as simple as if you have kids, play with your kids, pick them up, put them down, but make that part of your lifestyle. Don't make it a chore. That's something that you want to do because it feels good. And uh, if it's you want to go beyond that kind of physical activity, you can go to a place that's dedicated for physical culture, like a gym. Mm. But the rule is when you go to a gym, I don't care what kind of gym you go to, it is important that you go in and you take care of yourself and you treat yourself. But the treatment can't just be, oh, let me just, you know, let me just get in the sauna today. That the sauna is great, <laughs> of course. Right. <laughs> let me get a massage. Massage is great. It needs to be something that challenges you, that makes you a little upset because it's hard to perform, that you feel like you have to overcome something. And another rule is that you need to do it with people because you know very well being on a team, it makes you accountable, it makes you want to work harder. And the bottom line is that when you accomplish whatever you set out to do that challenge, when you come out on the other side, Whatever happens, uh, if you made it through, that's a victory. If you learn something new about yourself, that's a victory. If you set a new record for yourself, that's a victory. Uh, you know, those victories, I always consider them uh, great, but unless you are able to share them with others, it doesn't really become uh, progressive. And what I'm saying here is that those victories, once they're shared, they become a reality. Mm. It's almost like, Hey, I just set a record in this in this sprint. Uh, and you tell someone they saw it, you shared it. All of a sudden, that becomes a reality, and it becomes a benchmark, and it becomes something to chase and even beat. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, that's always progressive. 
and progress is success. So that's how you should be cycling through your day. So do you feel like we should always be progressing and trying to achieve kind of a new benchmark? So with our bodies, with, you know, anything yeah. that we're doing, you think so? Well, here's the thing. I think in order to progress, you need to regress. And I use the, the 60% rule and I say, you know what? Uh, let me try to accomplish this, this task or this challenge or here I, I'm going to set a goal and I go out to set this goal, every step of the way, if I'm 60% ready, I move on. I'm 60% ready, I move on. And once I get to a point where, okay, I'm not reaching that 60%, I hang there as long as I can until I feel like, okay, I need to back off. Mm. But what I always do is next time when I come back to pursue that task, I always start from step one again. And I make sure that that first step, instead of being 60%, it's 61, mm -hmm. 62, 63. And I make sure that the foundation of what I'm trying to progress towards is 100%. Can you give an example of this? Yeah. Let's, let's say, uh, you know, uh, you're one of the things. What you, you said you had some injuries or something's going on right now with your training. Yeah, I, I tweaked my groin a little bit. It's... Uh, better now but for probably three weeks i was kind of just rehabbing it and resting it and doing little exercises but not uh you know explosive work exactly so one of your goals is to you know take care of your groin you want to make sure that that area is feeling good and and groin injuries are are really painful and and extremely so painful oh they're terrible <laughs> I, actually, I actually tore my groin last year oh. of break dancing oh my gosh <laughs> it's the worst you can't even walk it's the worst so uh, you know, one of the things that you, you're definitely setting out to do right now, and it's your goal, is to progress towards having uh, a healthy groin so you can play your sport. Yep. So every day you go in and uh, you maybe go into the gym or physical therapy or you see a doctor or whatever you are doing. I know you're working with some, some manual therapist as well. Yep. You Doc, go in. Doc Trish, I don't know if you've met her. You showed me a picture with her holding my book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very happy. <laughs> but you go in and uh, with someone, you're building towards this goal. And each step of the way, you may be slightly better, uh, but there's always more work to do and you always have to come back and start from the beginning. That's one. Right. But another thing that's probably happening is that Knowing that you are able to move in a certain way, but now having this limitation, which is this groin injury, is forcing you to set new standards for yourself in terms of movement. And it's almost like saying, hey, let's bring it down even further down to basics. So instead of doing explosive stuff, now maybe you're walking slower or you're running in only one direction or you're performing a squat a certain way in order to rehab the groin, which is something that maybe you wouldn't be doing if you were completely healthy. Right. And for some, that may seem like a regression, but that's what you need to do in order to see progression. That's true. Otherwise, I'd just be hurting myself if I try to do too much. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. So we're always either regressing or progressing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is something I, I try to tell people, and let's see if you can get this visual. Uh, when I teach uh, movement, for example, I could, uh, I could teach you how to do a handstand or a handstand push-up like a gymnast would, 
or I can teach you how to do a handstand push-up like a CrossFit athlete would. And even though it requires the same mechanics at shoulder level, spinal level, the technique for performing it is slightly different. So there's almost like a fork in the road. It's a handstand push-up, but you can go this route or the other route. Mm. But what happens that is if you keep digging deeper and deeper into these styles of performing a handstand push-up, for example, the gymnastics way or the CrossFit way, eventually down the line, they will cross paths again. And it's almost like you close the loop. Mm -hmm. And it's that moment when you close the loop and those two paths cross again, that you're able to progress to the next level of performance. Because all of a sudden you're seeing how movement is universal the application, the application of that movement, the training of that movement is individual and specific to each person. Yeah, it's interesting. The you know the older I get and the more I dive into deeper movement and athletic activities, I realize that it's all really connected. For example, you know in high school and college when I'm doing just weightlifting in the gym for football, I realize that some of these lifts are identical to what we do in CrossFit. Although I was probably had horrible form back in high school and, and learned better how to have the correct form in CrossFit over the last four years. And then as I started doing acro yoga, I just started picking this up like two months ago. No way. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I'm doing hand to hand with a partner. She's in the air upside down. You know, I'm, I'm balancing her with my hands and well, yeah, I've actually seen you on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, was he a cheerleader or something?" I was, I was not a cheer, I was not a cheerleader, but, but I'm learning like some things that they do in cheer. Where like uh, the girl, you know, my partner. It can be a guy or girl, but I've got a, a girl partner that I'm learning with, and I'm standing behind her. We're both facing the same direction. I grab her hands and then I throw her up over my head, and as she inverts, it's called an inlocate. Or she, I don't know if that's a gymnastics term or not, but. I call it inception because it just seems so cool. Um, <laughs> so she goes upside down into my hands and uh, I realize, like, well, I'm just doing like a thruster. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just getting low and like pushing up and doing like a thruster or like a, a power clean or whatever. And I'm uh, realizing like, wow, it's like almost exactly the same thing that I learned in CrossFit and it's all translating over into this activity now. Right. So, so I'm seeing similarities, you know, and same thing in handball, the way I do certain lifts and certain movements. Um, in just the gym, it translates in the handball, the way I raise my arm, the way I twist my hips and explode, like everything is translating. And it's, uh, it's kind of cool to see these similarities in different movement activities in the world. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I think, you know, what's, what's really interesting about that and kind of going back to this, this concept of being present and aware of your body is that when you become aware of how your body moves, immediately you become a better performer. And I think that's one of the reasons why teaching is such a powerful tool for learning. We need to become self-teachers. We need to self-coach. And that only comes by studying how we move as human beings. And, and that's what you're doing by exploring these different things. All of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, look how this movement actually translates in here. And all of a sudden you become aware of it. And as soon as you become aware of it, you just increase your level of performance. And I think that's what we're talking about here. We're bringing that awareness to people. And, and uh, it's so simple yet difficult sometimes for people to implement. This is a little meta. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's times where I get so 
I, I, I'm like seeing myself doing it, the movement, and I'm analyzing it so much that then I get in my head and actually get out of the zone and start messing up, whether it be, you know, handball or lifting or acrobatic yoga. It's like I'll start seeing myself so clearly that I'm analyzing every movement and then it's like I'm not in sync anymore and I'm not doing it with, you know, with ease. It's like difficult. It's challenging. We're messing up. And uh, so there, I think there's a, a way to analyze and be like so in it, but then also just to like let it be, like just let it happen and not analyze it. 100. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think this is where also this concept of freestyle is, hey, let's not set such tight boundaries around each discipline. Let's be a little looser about it. Let yourself fall into the next thing. And uh, your body is smarter than your mind, really. And I think that's something that I'm also encouraging people to do is, hey, go explore. Let yourself kind of just make a mistake because within the mistake, you will discover something that can be really uh, beneficial and optimal for you. And I think that's the creation of new movement patterns or new styles of movement patterns and uh, uh, a very powerful thing. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. Don't, don't overanalyze. Don't overthink it. Don't think too much. Yeah. Just be in the zone. Let it flow. Oh, for sure. A uh, couple more questions for you. Uh, what, and again, make sure everyone go picks up the book free plus style. Uh, if you just go to, what is the site? Freestyle book, freestyle, the book, Yep. Dot com. Yeah. You can check out all the information on this and uh, I definitely recommend it. It's amazing piece of art, if anything, but lots of great content on movement and uh, everything that we need to know about our bodies, basically on how to move effectively and efficiently. Make sure to check that out. A uh, couple more questions though. Can you explain what movement control is? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Have you ever, have you ever uh, been on a skateboard or on a, on a bicycle and and bombed a hill, just gone down really fast. Yeah. And then got the death wobbles, the speed wobbles. Oh my God, the scariest part. Yeah, that, that's loss of, of movement control. Jeez. Um, have you ever seen, uh, you know, um, someone perform a very heavy deadlift and start shaking like crazy? <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> it's classic, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that's also loss of movement control. Uh, and that's something that I'm, trying to teach people. I'm trying to teach people how to learn how to move so you look fluid, so you have control over every millimeter of that movement. You know when you see a good athlete and, you know, I'm not even into baseball. I grew up in Spain as a gymnast, of course, but when I see someone pitch a ball and they're just so spot on, you just watch them and you say, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is movement control. When you watch a gymnast perform a routine and stick the landing, come out of a tumbling pass, like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Sean Johnson, and you know that. No, she's a good friend, yeah. She's love, so, love that girl. she's amazing. Uh, but when you watch her on TV perform a tumbling pass and land and just stick the landing, you're just like, that is movement control. <laughs> and that kind of expression is what the foundation of my teaching is all about. Gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Carl, it's been a pleasure, my man. And uh, again, make sure everyone go check out freestylethebook.com. You can also go to Gymnastics Wad. Check out Carl on Instagram. I'll have it all linked up back on the show notes. But uh, 
since I asked you this question a year ago, I believe, I'm going to ask you it again, and maybe it's changed. It's what I ask everyone at the end of the podcast, and that's what's your definition of greatness? You know, I can't remember exactly what I said last time, but I think greatness is truly living your life the way you want to live it, the way it feels right in your head, in your heart, and in your gut, and trusting that. And as you do that, being able to share it with others that you care about and that you know you can make a difference being around. And I think if you're able to do that, you you certainly are great. And I think that that's that's greatness. It doesn't matter who you are and what level you're doing it at. But if, if you can feel it in those three places in your head and your heart, your gut, and you live your life like that and you know, you do it with others, then then that's greatness. Carl, you are the man. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're up to in the world, your level of commitment and service to people on having them live a healthy lifestyle through movement and uh, keep it up, man. It's, it's always a pleasure to watch you from afar and connect when we're in the same area. And, and I'm so glad to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And, and same to you. I mean, I, I follow your work and I, I just, I'm always truly inspired and uh it's it's uh it's great to have you around and as a friend and i i truly appreciate it thank you i am super pumped that carl was able to come on today and share his wisdom with the world so thank you guys so much for sticking around to the very end you guys have been a huge support. If you liked this episode, go ahead and share it with your friends on Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, MySpace, if you still have a MySpace account, anywhere you can think of online where your friends are hanging out, please share this and let's get the word about greatness out to the masses. Again, this has been growing exponentially since we put it out there. Each episode gets more and more downloads, more exposure, and uh, people's lives are being changed. Literally, I get emails every day from people saying, that this podcast and the guests and the information that the guests are sharing are changing people's lives, both with their relationships, with their physical health, with their business, and they're so excited. So I want to get this message out there to more because, because there are some great people who are coming on and they're going to continue to be amazing people who are coming on who have uh, simple solutions to big problems. And that's what this is all about at the School of Greatness. So with your support, let's get it out there. Leave a review over on iTunes so we can increase the ranking and get more exposure. Share with your friends. Do whatever you think you can to get the message out there. And I'll keep pumping out amazing information, bringing on even bigger guests for you if we can work in that partnership together. So thank you guys so much. Thanks again, Carl, for coming on. Make sure to check out the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash seven seven and you can get all the information we talked about today that's lewishouse.com slash seven seven i love you guys you know what time it is it's time to go out there and do something great BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.